Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640, you're listening to the John Cobell Podcast on the iHeartRadio app. We're on from 1 till 4 after 4 o'clock, whatever you miss, John Cobell show on demand on the iHeart app. And uh, we'll keep uh, hammering this uh, all day long until you get sick of it. Maybe you're already sick of it. Uh, we're doing the show tomorrow at the Honda Center in Anaheim, parking lot four. We'll be on from one till four. They're going to be uh, taking, uh, uh, you're going to be able to sign petitions from one until six, though. And the petitions are going to uh, fix Prop 47. So that stealing stuff uh, becomes a felony again. Uh, doing drugs. Leads to jail time unless you get treatment. And if you're selling fentanyl, that's going to become a much more serious felony. And you'll go to prison if you kill somebody after selling them the fentanyl. That's the highlights of it. So Honda Center, you have to take the ball road entrance. One to six to sign the petitions. One to four is the live broadcast. Todd Spitzer is going to be with us among many others. And uh, we'll keep uh, telling you this every 10 minutes. Now, on to Corbin Carson. From KFI News, because we're coming to the end uh, of the Rebecca Grossman case. Rebecca Grossman is the uh, socialite, uh, the husband of Peter Grossman, founder of the uh, Grossman Burns Center. Mm -hmm. And uh, Rebecca uh, was driving her white Mercedes. She hit two young boys, Mark and Jacob Iskander, killed them, says uh, the prosecution. Uh, The defense has claimed that the boys were hit by her boyfriend, Scott Erickson, first. 
even though the damage was all in Rebecca's car. And uh, where are we? Is the trial over? Is the jury deliberating yet? What's going on? No, we're not there. Today is all about restating the evidence with these closing arguments and instructing the jury on the rules for hit and run and either two counts of gross vehicular manslaughter or two counts of second-degree murder. Now, prosecutors opened this morning after jury instructions, and the defense just started. Now, this is all important because the worst parts of the case must be brought up again. I mean, complete with cute pictures of the boys displayed on monitors this morning, and that includes, you know, the graphic nature of their death, the horrific injuries. But it's important to remember that many of these emotionally tragic details are not directly relevant to if Grossman was speeding, that she knew what she was doing was deadly and so forth in order to distinguish between manslaughter and murder. The boys were killed and that's horrible, but this is this part is about who did it and the implied alleged malice involved. <laughs> and that's where these details matter. So for just to explain that, for second degree murder, the jury must find Grossman had malice aforethought, in this case, implied malice. The other type would be express malice. That would be like shooting or stabbing someone with the intent to kill them. But implied malice doesn't mean that she meant to kill, but that a reasonable person would know that speeding the alleged 81 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone could kill. Otherwise, a lesser charge must be chosen. This could be vehicular manslaughter with gross or ordinary negligence. The difference between gross vehicular manslaughter and implied malice is the knowledge. For vehicular manslaughter, prosecutors must prove a person engaged in a speed contest, and we've heard evidence that she was racing, uh, that they didn't yield to the pedestrian. That would be going through the crosswalk, allegedly uh, through the cross- crosswalk, killing the kids, and that she didn't immediately stop and render aid. And, and as we know, or at least as evidence has been presented, her car kept going for about three-tenths of a mile. All of these carry very different potential sentences, and all of this is assuming the jury does reach a verdict and that Grossman is actually convicted. And man, once the jury gets this, John, I can imagine that they have to go through each one of these analyses and remember that the defense put up a witness to dispute everything that prosecutors alleged. I mean, and so there's just a ton of information and all these really important details to go through. I was thinking about this uh, case uh, yesterday as I was driving around because part of the defense... Uh, explanation is Scott Erickson, the boyfriend, actually hit the kids. Right. And they bounced off his car, and then she hit the boys. And the boys ended up, you know, far down the road from her impact. Right. And they were going through how Erickson's car was higher, so the boys would have been hit to the ground. Whereas... Rebecca's car was lower, so she would launch them into the air. Is that about what they were, they were saying? That's what they're saying. And the, and prosecutors, again, they went through all the uh, different pieces of evidence today, the black box data showing the 81 miles per hour, the Valium and alcohol in her uh, system. Again, this is prosecutors alleging these things. And that one of the things that also came up was what you're talking about. The, the kind of force, this was what the prosecutor said today, that Grossman allegedly hit the boys with was like taking a crane, hooking it to the back of her vehicle, raising it to a 12-story building, and dropping it. And that caused five inches 
of damage on her Mercedes by the 11-year-old's body. And the point of all that is the prosecutors say that kind of force is not the result of a child bouncing off one car and yeah. landing on the second that, car. That's what I was thinking about because what they say about Erickson's car, the, the boy would have hit the ground and then bounced back up. And then hit Grossman's car, and that makes no sense. And then she would propel the body. No, no, no. Just to, just to clarify, the boy would have been bounced up in the air, and then the idea is, at least the defense's theory is, is that, I mean, seconds later, her car is coming up. So before he has a, a chance to hit the ground, it's perfectly hitting his body and then tossing him 254 yards. The physics is, is strange, no, but they that, had that, witnesses who would break that down. That sounds like the bullet that made six right turns to kill John F. Kennedy. The magic bullet. <laughs> I mean, I mean that, that really, that, that Tony Busby, that is preposterous theory. That really is. Well, I mean, let, the physics just, let me don't, just don't give add you a up. little more. Yeah, right, let me just give you a little bit more of why that matters. Uh, first of all, I just ran down here when they started, and their opening line started with a sign on the TV monitors in court that reads, Justice for All. And Busby started off by saying, if it please the court, where is Scott Erickson? And I'm quoting him. Why have they made no effort to find him or even look at his vehicle? Why did he lie? Why did he make threats? I think we all know why. There's a lot of interest here, but Erickson is not here. So why so, didn't the and, defense and, and, and call him? Why wasn't he subpoenaed? That's the to greatest point. That's the hugest hole in this investigation. I mean, the prosecutor said, hey, look, this investigation was not perfect. But then they go back to the black box, the eight witnesses that saw her speeding, the only her uh, stuff in the car, in, uh, only debris from her car found. But one of the interesting things is about Erickson's SUV, that Orange County DA investigator Michael Hale, he was called to, as a rebuttal witness to refute the de defense experts who claimed that the data was flawed. And along with that t uh, testimony, they, they asked him why was uh, Erickson never asked to be looked at? Why was his vehicle never looked at? And then when and they also asked in response to a question from the defense, Hale said he was never asked to find Erickson's car and see what the front end looked like. Jurors were told that Erickson told investigators he was driving a 2007 Mercedes the night of the incident, but images from the video show it was more like more likely his 2016 Mercedes. And then the investigator admitted that he found Erickson used the same license plate on both vehicles, which, if true, would be a felony. That's a that is what the defense is calling reasonable doubt. Okay, so why not call Erickson to the stand? And why not have Rebecca Grossman testify in her own defense? Because she was there. She would have seen it if Scott hit the boys first and they bounced into her car somehow. But, but now, she's one of the not testifying about either. Right. And then, and, and first of all, the, the jurors, jurors were told that it is a constitutional right not to testify and that the jury cannot hold they yeah. cannot read anything into that. Well, I would. She's allowed to not testify for whatever reason because the burden of proof is on the prosecution. Yeah, well, I'd hold it against her. And I don't have to tell anybody <laughs> that that's what I'm doing. Because because if, 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 if they're right, she would say so. I would. I, if I'm street racing with my friend, he hits two kids and they bounce off my car, and I'm getting all the blame and I might go to prison for life, oh, I'm sure as hell on the stand saying, uh-uh, it's this guy over here. He hit him first. But, but remember, John, she would then also have to answer all the other points of information, the, the, the black box data, the only the debris, the, and mm. all that she would have to say under, per, under risk of perjury. So it's, it, a lot of the times for defense lawyers, it's not worth the risk. One more question. Has it ever come up that maybe Erickson was getting special treatment 
it because he was a baseball player and a former Dodger. And, no, and the that, defense says that. The defense yeah, is saying that, that. That comes up a lot. Yeah, it does. Yeah, the defense says it's 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 clear that they, that the prosecution was never interested in justice. That's what they're saying. They never were interested in even checking this guy's car or calling him in or tracking him down. But again, there's ev- there's a lot of evidence on the prosecution side to to, to yeah. dispute those claims. No, I mean, 81 miles an hour, uh, alcohol, yep. Valium, uh, all prints, the all the prints de- of the bo- of her on the boy. Yep. Yeah. The, the yeah the dents the dents on her car. Eight witnesses. Yeah. Crash data. All right, I'm voting guilty. In case they need another juror, I'm I'm ready. I'll go. Uh, I'm not voting at all in case I understand that. I understand. (laughs) You're supposed to be a neutral observer. Exactly. All right, Carvin, uh, good work on this and uh, look forward to the next chapter. Thank you for coming on. Hopefully it's a verdict that we'll uh, we'll have at some point soon. Yes. Corbin Carson in court on the Rebecca Grossman case. Uh, When we come back, there is a U.S. senator begging Californians never to let Gavin Newsom anywhere near the White House. We got that clip and there's a lot of bad news today about uh, Gavin Newsom's mismanagement of the state. Uh, That's coming up. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. We're on from 1 till 4, then after 4 o'clock, John Kobelt show on demand on the iHeart app so you could listen to what you missed. Um, We are going to be at the Honda Center tomorrow afternoon from 1 until 4, and you will sign petitions to fix Prop 47. Uh, three major ways it's going to fix. It's going to start throwing uh, uh, retail thieves in prison. Uh, drug users, drug sellers uh, will get a choice of treatment or jail. And thirdly, fentanyl sellers will be going to prison and stay longer. And if they kill somebody, they'll be charged with murder. That's right. That That's... Uh, that's uh, that's for uh, throwing murderers in prison. A little celebratory music. Ball Road is the entrance. Ball Road entrance at the Honda Center from 1 until 4 tomorrow. And a thanks to uh, Todd Spitzer, the Orange County DA, for helping us set this up. And Todd will be on with us at 3.30. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of uh, not good news coming out of Sacramento. They have really fouled things up, and you will see. We will start, though, with uh, Tennessee Senator uh, Rand Paul. uh, I'm sorry, Kentucky Senator Rand Paul. And he was in, he was at the Reagan Library in Simi Valley. And he gave a speech and told the audience, never, ever let Gavin Newsom anywhere near the White House. Let's play the clip. As regular people who love our country, how do we let our legislators know we want our country back? We live in California. What can we do? (laughs) Never, ever let Gavin Newsom anywhere near the White House. (laughs) I think we're united on that one. Great. Great. Well, Adam Schiff uh, as well. Um, (laughs) I'm I'm just relaying what I'm hearing. It'd be a competition to who's worst between those two. And here's why. Uh, Rand Paul said, never again should we let them lock us down. Never again should we be put into this situation. Never again we should allow them to come into our schools. Never again should we let them set foot into one of our churches. Liberty requires eternal vigilance, and I'm going to keep fighting with every breath I have. Rand Paul was correct. Several years ago, and going after uh, Anthony Fauci, 
and all Fauci's nonsense. Funding the research in Wuhan that led to the enhanced coronavirus that came and, and killed a million people in America. He was on to the Fauci scam early on. He's a doctor. He's got, a, he's got an MD. He's an optometrist, I believe. And he's been in the Senate for a long time. He's also a libertarian-style Republican. He believes in this concept, which I, I couldn't believe is fading away in our culture to some extent. It's freedom. And when you look back on it now, and I knew we would get to this day, but the idea that the government was shutting down our schools and, our, and a lot of kids couldn't get educated for a year and a half, that is so atrocious that they wouldn't even do in communist countries, that they were shutting down church services, that we were given all kinds of, remember for a while you couldn't even go to the beach? You couldn't play tennis? And they were wrong about so much of it. And then forcing vaccines or you can get fired or you can't go to school. And now what did we find out yesterday? I don't know if you heard, but it turns out there are quite a few side effects, including uh, including uh, side effects that uh, on the heart, inflammation of the heart muscle. It's not an overwhelming number, but it's a number and it's a risk and a lot of young Male athletes got affected by that. A lot of young males in general got affected by it. And other people as well. And I don't know. I think we should have enough freedom that if we don't want to take a vaccine because it hasn't been researched very much and we don't know the side effects and side effects were popping up right away, I should have the right to say, look, I don't want that. I'm not taking that risk. Sorry. But yet so many people were scolded and Browbeaten and threatened. You threaten, you're threatened with your job because you want to take, you don't want to take a medical treatment that hasn't been researched very much. Seriously? That went on in America. It really did. And all these smug, arrogant, pompous scolds trying to force you in. And I got I got some of the vaccines. At some point I decided to stop. Because just there's a, a limit to how many foreign bodies I want injected into my system. But, you know, that that can't be repeated. I mean, that really, this really was a dictatorship. And it all came under Gavin Newsom. They didn't do this in a lot of other states. And they didn't have any different outcomes. That's what's really funny. All the different ways different governors or different countries treated the whole crisis. Outcomes were pretty similar across the board. We just happened to have this control freak, dictatorial philosophy that came from Gavin Newsom and the legislative Democrats. Because really, ultimately, what drives these people is control. Control over the most minor aspect of your life. But Rand Paul is right. Never again. Now, there are a number of other, there's more bad news, and I'm going to get to it in, uh, in the next segment. Um, we've been telling you about this, too, for years. This is a, a big I told you so hour that all this uh, climate change all these uh, rules regulations taxes new ways of getting energy this and that is going to cause your utility bills to hit the roof well they've gone through the roof and now people are really upset and now democratic politicians are feeling the heat and they're starting to panic because people are so upset and by the way the budget deficit is huge much bigger than they thought even with the highest taxes that we pay in the nation and uh, the only good thing about that is 
It looks like uh, socialized uh, medical care in California is dead for this year. Tell you about this. This is this is really about the rise of the communist philosophy in California. Uh, we'll get to it coming up. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM640. We're on from 1 until 4 after 4 o'clock. John Cobelt Show on demand on the iHeart app. That's our podcast. Uh, we are going to talk to Todd Spitzer in an hour, the Orange County District Attorney. He's going to be with us tomorrow as well uh, at the Honda Center in Anaheim. We are going to do the show from lot 4 at the Honda Center from 1 to 4 o'clock. And we're going to, you're going to be signing petitions. You have to show up and sign the petitions to fix Prop 47. Uh, you can sign petitions from 1 to 6. Our show's on from 1 to 4. The Honda Center uh, can be accessed only from Ball Road. So find the Ball Road entrance, and then you will see us in Lot 4. And you can sit and enjoy the show. You can uh, just do a drive-by, sign the petition, and run off. Again, major revision of Prop 47. It starts putting uh, retail thieves in prison. It starts putting... Uh, People who sell drugs, possess and use drugs, do that out in public. It's jail. 
or its treatment. Those are the only two options. You get, you get a choice. Go to treatment, you go to jail. And third thing is fentanyl sellers really clamps down on uh, their activities. Uh, you get real prison time. And uh, eventually, if you kill somebody, uh, you'll go to prison for murder. So those are the three of the main components. We will get into all the details tomorrow. Again, one until four. We'll be doing the show from lot four at the Honda Center uh, in Orange County. And by the way, all six Southern uh, California counties, uh, you'll, there'll be petitions for you to sign. L.A., Orange County, Riverside, San Bernardino, San Diego, Ventura. So if you want to take a good drive and have a fun afternoon, it's going to be sunny tomorrow. So we're going to have the best weather of the week. Uh, now on to the uh, gross mismanagement from uh, the boob that's our governor, Gavin Newsom. By the way, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to do Alex Stone first. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Let's do Alex Stone first, and then we'll get to <laughs> no, the wait, boob. No, wait, I want to hear the story. Well, you'll have to, you'll have to wait now. You come barging <laughs> in on the show like this, you know? All right, fine. I'll no. love waiting and listen. No, I, I was no. too excited, and I shuffled the papers. And uh... <laughs> All right, <laughs> Alex, what do you got here? Uh, we're talking uh, unruly passengers of uh, oh, another, that's, that's yeah, right. another big yes. case that went on. Yeah, well, well, let's talk about it. There's been 200 uh, cases of, of unruly passengers. Yeah, already this year. Uh, and we're, what, a month and 21 days uh, into the year, and, and you can add a, another one to it. So they, uh, the, the latest one being American Airlines Flight 1219. It came yesterday afternoon. They were taking off out of Albuquerque. They were uh, lifting off for Chicago. Passengers on board could hear a guy creating a commotion. The, he told the man sitting next to him, I got to get off this plane, pulled the cover off of the emergency exit handle on the, the overwing exit, started working to open the door and was somewhat successful in being able to do it. They were still low enough at about 20,000 feet that you get higher and the pressure difference is so great that it, it's almost impossible to open up a door in flight. Uh, but he uh, he was able to do it where uh, get a little bit of a crack in the door. People on board reacted. They pounced on him. This guy was on board telling us. There's probably four or five people, and we all managed to kind of uh, rip him off the door, which he was trying to open, and get him into the aisle. And they got him into the aisle. They tackled him. They, they held him down. They struggled with Once him. Once he was in the aisle, um, I sat on him while some other people held his legs. Other people had his uh, or holding onto his arms. So, John, then flight attendants brought the group duct tape and zip ties, and they duct taped the guy's legs together and zip tied his hands behind him, and the, the pilots were then simultaneously uh, turning the plane around. They made an emergency, emergency landing in, in Albuquerque. But the, the part of this that the people on board are saying really freaked them out was that they could hear that the door opened a little bit and they could feel the pressure difference, that, uh, again, they, they weren't high enough to make that a lot more difficult, but... They were low enough where he was able to open it up a little bit before they ripped him out of there. This guy, Blake uh, Blaze Ward, uh, he also jumped on the guy. He said he could feel the, the door open. I could hear the actual difference in pressure. There was a whistling. And so we got him. We got him out of his seat. We unbuckled the, the harness, pulled him down onto the, the ground, and that's where we applied the duct tape and uh, one of the flex cuffs. When they got on the ground, Albuquerque police, they boarded, took the guy off. He was already restrained by everybody on board. They handed him over to the FBI. The FBI is investigating. We're waiting to see if he's going to be charged. Um, if they determine it's a mental health crisis, then <laughs> uh, then he'll go down a different road. <laughs> you think? Um, because he won't, he won't have charges against him, but... Uh, I mean, pretty pretty freaky. There was another one today, New York to LAX, a United flight. Um, they had to divert to Chicago. They're still waiting to, to still head to LAX. 
that now we found out from uh, sources, it, initially it sounded like there was an unruly passenger on there as well. Turned out that was a written bomb threat that was found in the lavatory. Nice. And so they had to land. Everybody had to get off. They had to search the, the Dreamliner. Everybody had to be searched on board in their bags. So they're they're waiting to continue on now. So two of these in, in a 24-hour period. What is it supposed to be that easy to push open the emergency door? No, so uh, there's physics that, that come into play based on pressure difference, but yeah. if you're low enough, yeah, it can be because they want you to be able to open it up on the ground. I didn't if, know that. Yeah, if there was some kind of an emergency. But then once you get up uh, and you're at a high enough altitude, because the, the doors are, you know, you got to pull them in and then throw them out the, the right. window because it, it presses up as the, not to get too dorky here, but as the... The fuselage expands yeah. as you're you're going up, just like your bag of chips and your water bottle and everything expands as the air expands as you go higher. That pushes the door more out, so you're not able to pull it in, and it's you know glued by pressure up against the the side of the plane in the the plug that it is. And then once you get lower, then that pressure difference is less, and you can pull it in and then push it out. But they were you know like twenty thousand feet, so they weren't all that high, well, which I mean is good because. If he had been able to get it open at all, higher up, could have been a very different outcome if he had been, you know, He-Man and been able to do it. Um, but they were low enough where well, if they had not stopped him, he could have done it and opened up that door and then jumped out or done whatever he wanted to do. Because if he was on drugs, if he was on meth, that gives guys superhuman strength. Yeah. And he I mean, might have been able the, to do the more damage. is that no matter who you are, that you're not going to be able to do it at 35,000 feet. But, yeah, I don't you know, know. That there have been people who have tried, and, um, and um, typically they're taken down before they can do unless it. Unless the door is missing its bolts. Well, there is that. <laughs> if there are no <laughs> bolts, then whoop, it goes I, right out. I, I, 200 reports already this year, and it, it's, it's just past the middle of February. It, that seems like a very high number. Yeah, it's not compared to the pandemic when there were all the mask fights on board. Remember, there'd be like 10 or 12 a day that we'd be talking about of this well, one, that one, and some were more egregious than others. But in a normal time now, yeah, whether it be alcohol being involved, mental health stuff, anxiety, which I guess would be mental health, people have panic attacks and feel like they, they've got to get out, just, out of there. I just don't remember this. Is this just being reported more or I don't remember? Yeah, I think it's a, little like... bit of, it's a little bit of everything. I think it's being reported more that, that we pay more attention to it. It seems that, you know, there are a lot more people who get on and they're stressed out and they're angry and they lash out and they don't want to do what the flight attendant says. Maybe a little bit of entitlement there and, and other things. Um, and maybe flight crews reacting differently where maybe back in the day, not so much opening up a door, but some of the others, if somebody yells at a flight attendant or, you know, ignores what they're saying, maybe in 20 years ago, flight attendants would have been, you know, well, that guy's a jerk and continued on. And now they're going to tell the captain, the captain's going to report it and they're going to turn the plane around and the, the FBI is going to board and, and, uh, investigate yeah. it. So it's, it, it just we feels like a, going on a plane, you're going into combat. Well, yeah, and by the way, there was another one this week, not unruly, but a San Francisco to Boston flight, uh, Boeing 757, 30-year-old aircraft, and part of the wing ripped off. And yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they had to make an emergency <laughs> landing in Denver. It was the, the leading edge of a Did you say uh, it was slack. a Boeing plane? A Boeing plane. Yeah, that was a yeah. Boeing oh, 757, okay. yeah. A lot of them still in the air, but they're very old. Boy, oh, boy, this has become like a full-time beat, hasn't it? Yep, the, uh, the crisis in the air beat. Planes in peril. Alex, I'm very good. Thank you for coming on with us. All right, now I got to hear the story. I'm going to wait I'm around gonna, through the commercial break. I got to hear what's going on with Newsom. Sometimes I get really excited. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, John. All right, that's Alex Stone from ABC News, and uh, we are going to get into the Newsom stories next. John Cobalt Show.
KFI AM 640. You're listening to John Kobelt on demand from KFI AM 640. We're on from 1 until 4. And then after 4 o'clock, John Kobelt show on demand on the iHeart app. You could hear what you missed. Uh, coming up at 3 o'clock after Deborah's News, Susan Shelley. Uh, she writes for the Southern California News Group, which is the Orange County Register, the Los Angeles Daily News. Uh, the Riverside Press Enterprise and other local papers. It's a it's a it's a big chain down here, and uh, she's got something. Well, this 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 actually is funny. Uh, it's not funny, but it's funny. The L.A. County Blue Ribbon Commission on Homelessness has recommended the creation of another commission on homelessness, an executive committee on homelessness, like a spinoff. From the Commission on Homelessness. So you got the Commission on Homelessness and the Executive Committee on Homelessness. And of course, homelessness keeps getting worse and worse. And we keep spending billions and billions more. And they keep having more and more meetings. Uh, we're going to talk to Susan Shelley uh, at uh, 3 o'clock. Todd Spitzer at 3.30. Remember, tomorrow you're going to the Honda Center. Yes, you are. You're going to sign petitions to uh, fix Prop 47. Honda Center will be there from 1 to 4, signing from 1 to 6. And you have to take the ball road entrance. More details to come next hour. All right. I'm finally going to get to the Newsom stuff. Uh, the California budget, the deficit, is now exploded to $73 billion. That is a big number. That That is a huge number. Uh, Newsom and the Democratic legislature has wildly mismanaged uh, the state. And it falls on Newsom because the legislature is full of crazy people, but Newsom has the ability to veto, and he didn't. He signed into law at a, at a, a ridiculous amount of spending, such as, such as uh, free health care for illegal aliens. All of them, no matter what the age, free health care, cradle to grave. And did you see the Bill Malugin or hear the Bill Malugin report from Fox News? We got thousands of people coming over the border in Hacumba, east of San Diego. Thousands coming over. And every one of them gets free health care from Gavin Newsom. And now we're $73 billion in, uh, in deficit. That's funny is, is this is, by the way, from the legislative analyst's office. This, these are the professional accountants, supposedly nonpartisan, Right. So they're trying to tell the governor, it's, hey, you're $73 billion out of whack. Now, back in December, they, they told him that it was going to be $58 billion out of whack and then $68 billion out of whack. And he complained, saying, no, no, it's going to be uh, half that. It's not that bad. Well, no, it's, it's gotten worse. Um, and they're going to have to make big cuts. This is the highest taxed state in the nation. And he's $73 billion out of whack. The highest tax state. Now, the only good thing about this is it looks like uh, socialized health care is on hold for at least another year. What they call single payer. And the way this was would work, and I'm not making this up, is we would pay $400 billion in extra taxes. And then the state of California would pay all our health care bills. So on top of the highest taxes in the state, we would have to pay another $400 billion to the state and then trust that the system works because all the other systems in California work so well. You remember the uh, unemployment payouts a few years ago during COVID? 
and we blew uh, over $30 billion in fraud. Yeah. Like the DMV. Sure. I mean, how many agencies do we have to go through? I mean, none of this works. None of the agencies work because you're dealing with government workers. You know, at least with private health care, uh, you get to choose the health care company and uh, you pay for it. And uh, you have some control over your life. But you're going to turn it over to Gavin Newsom in the legislature, $400 billion. And this is all in new taxes. Uh, well, since there's $73 billion in debt, the California Speaker, Robert Revis, a Democrat, said, well, um, these are good ideas, but uh, we need to see how this is funded. It's a good idea, but it's a tough, tough sell, especially in the budget climate we're experiencing now. There's an assembly bill, 2200. It would be called Guaranteed Health Care for All. Good Lord. It's written by a, uh, one of these idiot progressives named Ash. Calra, boy, he's he's an ash. I'm assuming it's a he. You can't tell. Ash Calra from San Jose. Yeah, great idea. Uh, could cost $400 billion. That is larger than the entire state budget. Okay? Our entire state budget is about $300 billion, and we're $73 billion in deficit. And then this ash... Wants another $400 billion added to the $300 billion added to the highest taxes in the state. This is insanity. They should all be taken out in a net and put in a mental institution. All of them. But this is Newsom. This is Newsom's idea running for president. Not only are we overrun with criminals and homeless people, but now we have a massive deficit with all that tax money coming in. I got another minute. One more thing here. Our utility bills. Because of their obsession with climate change. Right. Like we're going to stop climate change. Right. Here in California. All by ourselves. Uh, so they, they, they went to solar energy. They went to wind energy. They went to all kinds of taxes and fees and this and that. Now utility bills. Electric bills have shot up up to 125% increase over the last decade, 125% increase. Here's a Democratic Assemblyman, Bark Berman, said, Californians are fed up. My constituents are pissed off. I know because they told me over and over again at every community coffee that I had in the fall and winter, the rates keep going up. Well, yeah, we told you that too. Because this, this wind and solar uh, experiment is wildly expensive. And they want us to switch to electric cars. So they jacked up the electricity rates by 125%, and then they want us to use more electricity with electric cars because we're going to stop climate change. I cannot believe how insane this is. And there's a lot. And what, what they want to do is they, they want to turn uh, the electricity system, uh, come up with a similar payment system like with taxes, like the wealthier you are, the more you pay in taxes. Well, the wealthier you are, uh, you pay more for electricity and poor people pay less because the poor and the middle class are going to get whacked with all these increases. And it just occurred to them that, oh, they can't afford it, can they? So now electri all electricity is not going to be the same. I mean, if you go to the store and you're wealthy, you don't pay more for chicken. Or for a hamburger, 
But for electricity, your electricity is more expensive than a poor person's electricity. This is how badly they have effed up the state. This is what they're down to. On this entire administration and this entire legislature needs to be flushed. It is incompetent, destructive. This is, uh, this is anarchy. This will be a very entertaining year. A few minutes now after Deborah's News at 3 o'clock, Susan Shelley, she's a writer with the Southern California News Group, Orange County Register, LA Daily News, and many others. And she's going to tell us about the LA County Blue Ribbon Commission on Homelessness. And they've been very effective. And they now want to create an executive committee on homelessness. So we'll have a Blue Ribbon Commission and an executive committee. <clears throat> Again, not making this stuff up. Deborah Mark live in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Hey, you've been listening to the John Cobalt Show podcast. You can always hear the show live on KFI AM 640 from 1 to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.